CSN International presents To Every Man an Answer, the live apologetics program that equips you to give a reason for the hope that lies within you. If you have a Bible question or a question on the Christian faith, you can call us at 1-888-827-5276. Again, that's 1-888-ASK-CSN. Let's get things started. Here's today's host, Mike Kessler. Rocketing off into another fun-filled, exciting adventure. Welcome to Tuesday's, Thursday's edition of Every Man and Answer. Glad you've joined <laughs> us and always a blessing to uh, be with you every weekday afternoon at this time for about an hour. We we get together and, uh, you know, just share how wonderful God is, His Word is. You know, sometimes we get questions. People ask us questions. We like to get together. What does the Bible say about that? We also like to look at the illogical logic of the skeptic. I mean, it's so incredible when you really examine it that uh, how could a how could a God of love allow the problems in the world to exist? And then when God judges the problems in the world, now God's a murderer. Um, you mean to tell me you base your life on everything the Bible says? Well, by the nature of your question, you base your life on something. What do you base your life on? Well, if there is a God, how come? And they have all these excuses. But when we really listen to what they got to say, you realize, hey, they it, it just goes nowhere. And it's really funny because, again, being a good listener, somebody said one time, if you're a good listener, they'll tell you everything that's wrong with them. And that's really true. And I find that, again, uh, to just let them share is so important. But uh, if you've got a question, you've shared your faith, maybe somebody's asked you a question, um, you're in church, you hear something that sounds kind of weird, hey, give us a call, 8888-ASK-CSN, and we'll tell you what the Bible really says about that topic. Not a piece of a verse or a fragment, but what does the Bible really say about these, these, these ideas that people get? You'll find most of these ideas uh, are based upon a fragment of a verse or a piece of a verse disregarding the other verses in the Bible that bring the balance to that question. Joining me today, special guest, featured CSN speaker, Morning Times here, Daryl Skinner from Calvary Chapel, Pearl Harbor, Hawaii, and his program, A Chosen Generation. Hi and welcome. Aloha, Mike, and aloha to all the listeners out there listening to, to Every Man and Answer. It's great to be with you. Looking forward to the program and the great, great questions that come in each time I have the opportunity to uh to be on, it's a great blessing for me. I just enjoy hearing people and, and their faith and how they want to grow in the faith. And hopefully we can help them in any kind of uh, uh, questions they might have or counseling they need or prayers that they need. Whatever it is, we're here to serve you folks. And, Mike, it's a joy being with you and the whole team at Every Man and Answering CSN. So what a joy it is. You know, this is a brand new year. We're looking forward to great things. And God has great things for all of us. And let's, uh, as I always say to our church, let's go for God. Amen. Amen. And, uh, you know, uh, again, um, you know, you talk about the the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. You know, so many, uh, we, you know, we have all these commercials on TV, the Flab Master 2000 or whatever, and everybody <laughs> buys it. And, well, I'm going to get fit. That's my New Year's resolution. And, you know, by April, they're in the they're in the garage sales. So, uh, you know, you think about the thing about we try, we try, a lot right? of these things. You know, you just go hmm, <laughs> things that make you go hmm. But um, well, the Bible says bodily exercise profiteth little. It has a little help, but um, no, I, I realize that we're in very very exciting times, and uh, you know, I think this year's got a lot of um, 
a lot of challenges for people. And that's why we have to be rooted in Christ. We have to know the source of our salvation. And I, I just can't stress that enough because we're in such a, a torrid world right now, and we see wars and rumors of war. I've read an article yeah. here two days ago where China is preparing for war against Taiwan. It's interesting that uh, they didn't learn from Russia trying to take the Ukraine uh, because I, I do think uh, the Taiwanese are going to put up a real gnarly fight um, and, and when you stop to think about, um, communism doesn't work. It doesn't work in America. It doesn't work anywhere it's ever gone. It promises you utopia, free education, free this, free housing, free, 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 vote for me. Everything is free. And they get in office. And then you see the tyranny that goes on in Cuba and in Guatemala and Venezuela and everywhere in the world. Look at China right now. The people are so oppressed there. They're just working robots is all they are. And you look at this, well, they run out of money. And so they have to continually take from others. And so the Ukraine was a prize. Hey, look, a warm water port. Look at here, we got, uh, we can use their resources. They got a nuclear power plant. Wow, we're styling. Look at China. Wow, here's Taiwan. Our, our economy is troubled. So Taiwan's doing really well. We'll take it. This is the way communism, socialism works. It always leeches off of everybody else. And this is one of the tragic things about it. It is so dehumanizing that you do not excel because of your work. You uh, are uh, the communal idea that everybody uh, puts everything into one pot. Well, the problem is, as we know from what the Bible says about the old sin nature being selfish, there are people who aren't going to work, and they're going to rely on your work to supply them the free stuff, baby. Well, that's the way communism always is. Socialism is the biggest con, I believe, that's ever been invented. And uh, you look at the personal history of Karl Marx. Guy never had a job. He lived off of everybody else. You know, you look at this stuff and you realize how we're duped in America and by the American news media that's leftist socialist communist right now uh, promoting these ideas that it's the glorious utopia. <laughs> yeah, go anywhere in the world where communism is gone. It is a tyrannical state and the people are oppressed everywhere. Not just one country. Communism doesn't work. Socialism doesn't work. And while they're telling you we're going to share everything and the people are totally impoverished. The leadership is cruising around in their Learjets and in their in their limousines. Yeah, that's the way it works, friends. Don't buy exactly. their chili. It's a ripoff. It's a lie. <laughs> and I don't care whether you wrap it in the Democratic Party uh, logo. I don't care if you wrap it in the socialism, progressivism. It's all right. the same old stink communism, just with different names. And you got to be really careful. Remember, the Democratic Party today is not the party of JFK, of 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 um, Harry Truman. Uh, John Kennedy did everything he could do to stop communism uh, anywhere he could find it in the world while he was president. And now we have communist socialist Bernie Sanders, avowed communist. Signed, you know, he spent his honeymoon in in uh, in Russia, avowed socialist. And you got several others there that are avowed this way as well. 
That's the Democratic Party. That's not the party, the Democratic Party of your parents. This is the new communist Democrat Party, and they just try to make you think it's something else. But vote for me. Everything is free. Doesn't work. Never has. Well, let's go ahead and go to the phones. 8888. Ask CSN's the number to call. You can be part of the program today. We have Debbie on the line. Hi and welcome. Hi. Hi. How I have a question about uh, what the Bible says about closed communion. Uh, I don't know that I've ever found that in the Bible. Uh, I think uh, the only prerequisite is that you're a born-again believer. Your thoughts? Yeah, I, I feel the same way. Are you saying closed communion, not allowing only your church members to be there, or you're saying that uh, non-believers to be there? Uh, what was your... Uh, well, we, we have been looking for a new church, and we found a church that we really like. They teach out of the Old, they read the Old and the New Testament, but they won't allow us to take communion because we're not members of the church, and to become oh. members of the church, you have to go through their class. No, I, I, I'm sorry, I'm chuckling. I shouldn't chuckle. I apologize. Uh, but I, I, that's to me, I'm chuckling only because it's ridiculous. When people are born again believers, everybody has the right to communion, whether you're a member of a of, of a church or not. My goodness, I mean, that's uh, that's silliness to me. Well, look, look so, at First Corinthians 11. <laughs> These guys had turned communion into a drunken party. Yeah, and they were still having communion. Now he says. When you partake of communion in an unworthy fashion, not that we're... A lot of people so misread 1 Corinthians 11, I am shocked, because it's it, you have to go back to basic English. It's not that we're worthy to have communion. That is a mistake people make when they read it. It's that we view communion in an unworthy manner. And for this reason, many are sick and dead among you. Why? Because this is where Peter says, by his stripes, we are healed. If you view communion as just some church rigmarole that we got to go through so we can go pig out at the agape meal after the service, you're partaking of communion in an unworthy fashion. And I wouldn't expect any healing, any rejuvenation in your spirit from that. But when we view communion as Jesus said, this is my blood shed for you, this is my body which is broken for you, and when we realize when that body was broken, Peter says, by his stripes we're healed, this provided us a way mentally, spiritually, physically to be healed. And if we view it as as, as a, a toss under the rug thing, this reason many are sick and dead among you. Because you didn't realize what communion really is. So it's not that we're ever worthy to do anything, but it's the way we view the things of God, and especially communion. Because if you view it in an unworthy manner, it's just some church thing that we do. Many are sick and dead among you because you've not applied what the purpose of communion was. It was a means that Jesus gave us, a physical substance, if you will, that we could recognize and, and have that. Jesus never chose to be mem- be remembered by a glossy 8 by 10 in the back of the church or a bronze uh, statue in the church parking lot. He chose to be remembered by a special meal, Passover, that the death angel passed over. And I'll tell you, today, if there's one thing the Christians need in their life is the death angel to pass over them, 
Because I'll tell you, the devil, wherever he goes, he brings death. And he brings death into those different aspects of our Christian experience, whether it be the the nullifying of our convictions through watching television or movies, whether it be that we have our our, our uh, conscience compromised by hanging around people that don't love God. Hey, listen, we need communion. We need, I've been a Christian for many, many years, and there was a lot of years there I didn't really understand what communion was. Oh, I knew the church did it and it had something to do with Jesus. Yeah, it's his body, it's blood. Ah, okay. No, it's so we can be healed. Jesus provided healing through communion. But if we view it as some kooky church thing, well, this reason many are sick and dead among you, he says. Your thoughts? Yeah, you know, Debbie, how long have you been attending the church? About a, a year now. Over a year? Wow. Uh, yeah, just about a you, year. Okay, that's quite some time. Uh, I'm surprised this wasn't addressed a lot sooner. Maybe it was. But, uh, you know, uh, maybe the difference is that, uh, you know, with our church, we don't we don't have membership. Just come as 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 the body of Christ and 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 if you're not an if you're a non-believer, don't partake of communion. If you are a believer, partake of communion. And you know the Bible says in as Mike was saying in Corinthians, it says, "For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death till He comes," which is a wonderful promise. We celebrate what He did for us, and also we look forward to His coming for us in the rapture of the church. And uh, because we're the bride and he's the bridegroom. And it's it's an exciting time. It's a celebratory time. It's an examination time for all believers that our hearts are right with the Lord. And we, we don't want to take it lightly. But it's, uh, I don't know, I, I just come from a different angle when it comes to church, uh, I guess, governance on uh, how we operate. And, and this particular church sounds like they're rather uh, strict. And uh, so... I guess you guys just have to decide if you want to become a member of that church or not and follow their their regulations and rules and, and which is fine. That's their that's the church's decision. And and then just uh and then I guess you can partake of communion after that. I mean you can partake of communion in your home. You and your husband together, your family together, whatever it is, uh and just uh, rejoice in the Lord. It's not just in the church that you can partake of communion. You're always celebrating the Lord and, and what he's done for you. I, I died on the cross for your sins. I rose from the grave. He's given you eternal life. You're proclaiming his death until he comes. Uh, and so that's, that's it in the nutshell. And it's a great blessing and a great joy, whether you do it in, in the privacy of your home or you do it uh, in a home fellowship or you do it in a large church gathering. It's always a great blessing and joy. And the Lord just does, doesn't, lay down for us a rule that says, oh, and by the way, you better be a church member uh, and locked in that way so that you can partake communion with the church. But that's their decision. That's their govern- governance. And so be it. And uh, I don't know. Did we answer your question? I hope we did. And, and it might, there might be a reason why, Debbie. Maybe they had problems in the past with other Could people be. coming in and doing things. I don't know. But a question that I might ask the pastor, if I were you, is when you have closed communion, that you can't have communion unless you're a member of your church. Is it okay for us to have communion at home with our friends or with my family? And if they say no, then that's an error. Because 
uh, uh, communion isn't to be just administered to by the minister, pastor, bishop, deacon, whoever it might be. It is uh, as often as you do this, do this in remembrance of me. So the breaking of bread together in communion can be with the pastor of a church. It can be by you in a Bible study. It can be whatever. And I think that would be maybe a question to find out if they believe that there is something there that is, you know, from the leadership is allowing the communion to happen. That, that's a question I think I'd ask. But I hope that helps. It does. It, it confirms that, you know, I, I don't believe in what they're believing in. And I questioned it. And they they indicated that they want to make sure that everybody is believing in the same thing and, and nobody's sinning because when you stand up there, if one person sins, that transfers the sin on to everybody. And- well, wait, wait, hold it. <laughs> That's kind of weird <laughs> because uh, there is an unrighteous, no, not one. And if they think that because they're a church member that they no longer sin, you, you've got some major problems here theologically with this group of people. There by the grace of God go I. And if we say we have no sin, the truth is not in us, and we make him a liar, the Bible says. Now, again, um, Paul says, as sinners, I am chief. It doesn't say I was chief. He said, I am chief. And I believe the reason why the closer you get to God, the more you realize how a lot of our thought patterns or a lot of our attitudes don't uh, don't line up with the life of Christ. I believe that's what Paul's talking about. When we first come to Jesus, we don't realize really the torrid sinners oftentimes we are. It isn't until we've been saved a while we go, man, I used to have a drug habit that was $10,000 a month, and I did this, and I did that, you know, and when I accepted the Lord, yeah, I wanted to get, I wanted to get clean from all that, but you really didn't realize how much you got saved from. Well, the longer you're with the Lord, the more you realize daily how much you get saved from. So if they say, well, uh, uh, you know, if you have communion and, and that's, and you're got a sin in your life, that's going to be transferred to all of us. Uh, they've got a very screwy concept of um, their own righteousness. Your thoughts? If, if I could uh, add a little something, Debbie, I'm going to ask you a, a real personal question, but it's a glorious question. And that is, is Jesus Christ your Lord and Savior? Yes. Okay. So you're a born-again Christian, is that correct? Yeah, I, I was raised in the church. I've gone to church all my life. Um, we just okay. had to change churches because I there was so much fighting in the church that we were at, and I didn't... That's not the focus of church, is to be fighting with the pastor and chasing the pastor off, and just... So that I, the I agree. You can do I would agree one hundred percent. But I'm a little I'm a little prejudiced from my side. I'm the pastor here, <laughs> so but uh, we'll keep you. Uh, we'll keep it's, you. It's 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 you know what, Debbie. I, I think I think the simplest thing is for those folks just to ask you guys, are you saved? How long you been saved? And just find out your brief testimony, and you're good to go because you're part of the body of Christ. If he's worried about a little leaven leavening the whole lump, I would say, okay, that's a whole other issue. If you came and said, yeah, I'm a Christian, but I'm living with this man and we're shacking up together and all this other stuff's going on. Well, that's a whole other story. And that's where you have to a little bit of uh, that church discipline thing going on. But as you and uh, whoever are born again, you love the Lord, uh, there there should be no no uh, restrictions on partaking of communion. But I don't know. It sounds interesting. And, and uh, 
maybe a follow-up conversation might be good if, if you think it's worth it. But anyway, I think, uh, hey, Mike, I'll give it back to you. No, I hope that answers it for you, Debbie. We'll send you some books, some DVDs. I think you'll enjoy. But I would, I would uh, do a little, a little um, um, finding out where they're, where they're at on that. Can anybody have communion? Do you really believe that once you're a member of your church, you no longer sin? Because basically, that's what they're saying. And if that's the case, uh, please give me chapter and verse on this. I, I have never found it where you join the church and you no longer sin. Um, you know, the Bible says that, yes, as a Christian, our old flesh sins, but the thing is, it seems that they're talking about any sin an individual does affects everybody. Well, in a way, that can be true, but then everybody sins. So, again, maybe one particular person's sin is not the same as maybe the pastor's or the pastor's not the same as as a, one of the deacons or some new people that just joined the church. But I guarantee you, everybody sins. You follow them around. Uh, you'll find that they uh, they do not always reflect the life of Christ. Guaranteed. So, Debbie, stay in line. We'll get you taken care of, and please let us know how it works out. Thank you. God bless you. Stay in line. We'll get you taken care of. Let's go to Minnie, York, Pennsylvania. Hi, welcome. Yes. Uh, I... Uh... I have a, a little problem with taking communion sometimes because I know that in my heart I'm not right, you know. So I, I don't take communion, and I think I'm the only one in my church, you know, sometimes that, you know, does not take communion. But uh, what are your feelings about that? Not your feelings, but your knowledge about that. Am I supposed to be have my heart prepared for communion like I think I do? And uh, I don't think it is being, you know, uh, disrespectful to not take communion. It's just that I think that sometimes I'm not deserving because of my little bit of that in my heart that I know is there that's not right. Many, all of us are not deserving. That's the fact. That's the fact. None of us are deserving. We're all unworthy. There's nothing worthy about us. No good thing dwells in the flesh, the Bible says. We go around strutting around like, look look how good I am. I don't sin like you do. <laughs> no, but you sin like you do. And that's the big problem that we find in the world today. You see, the, the thing is, is that, is that, in fact, really, if you're born again, the one thing you do need is communion. You do need to recognize that Jesus' blood was shed for you. You need to recognize his body was broken for you. So your spirit, your body, your mind can be healed. Your ability to love, your ability to be loved, uh, all your memories, all these things that, that comprise us as a very complex um, triune being, if you will, a body, mind, and a spirit. We need that. It's the very thing you need. And I encourage people in our congregation, hey, listen, if you got broken things in your heart, in your life, in your spiritual life, this is where you want to come. Come and dine, the master calleth, come and dine. That's what you need. You need to be healed. You need to be set free. You need that power from God. But see, the thing is, people misread 1 Corinthians 11. If you're not worthy enough, no, none of us are. But it's the way you view communion. And again, as I shared earlier, the Corinthian church had turned communion into a drunken brawl. Uh, they, they weren't viewing communion in any kind of a spiritual aspect. 
They didn't view it that they could be healed. They didn't view it that they, they would be reminded of what Jesus did for them. No, it was just to get it out of the way so we can go do the agape meal and pig out. And for many people in those days, it was the only good meal they got a week for many slaves. It was the only good meal they got was the agape meal uh, after service. But the point is, is that the very place we need to come is where we recognize Jesus. I need your healing. I have a broken heart. I have a broken, I got a broken brain. I, things that have been done to me over the years, the grudges, we can hold all these things. I, 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 can, I, I can let them all rack up or I can partake of communion and by his stripes, I'm healed. You need that too, your thoughts. Yeah, you know, uh, many, when we uh, look at what the Lord says through Paul in Second First Corinthians chapter 11, he says, the Lord says, take, eat, this is my body, which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And then he talks about the blood, and he says, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. And again, I say, for as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death till he comes. It is truly for us. The Lord allowed his body to be torn open like he tore that bread and passes around to the disciples because he is truly the bread of life for each and every one of us. So we partake of the bread. We're honoring the Lord and the great love that he has for us. And when we look to the blood, we see the atonement of our Lord Jesus Christ for all of our sins, past, present, and future. And I know there's times we all, we're, we all go to the communion and go, Oh Lord, I'm so unworthy, which is good because we evaluate our hearts. We evaluate our lives and we recognize that uh, there needs to be changes, but let's let us partake of communion because we want to change and we want to honor what the Lord Jesus Christ, our Savior, did there on the cross. We want to honor Him, so we partake of that communion and realizing He is our all in all. And in me dwelleth no good thing, as Mike shared. Mike, Amen. But Jesus makes us good. Greater is He that Amen. in us than He that's in the world. And it's no longer. <laughs> No longer I live, but Christ that lives within me. And when I find that not happening, that's what I need to repent from. But no, dear, don't let that beat you up. That's the very place you need to go. Amen. Um, it doesn't matter um, what other people in the room think. It doesn't matter if they're all having communion and they're all the biggest partiers and they don't care because it's a personal thing between you and Jesus. And, and always remember that. Uh, and God sees your heart. Um, and so I would just I would just rest in that many I hope that answers it for you it does and thank you very much stay in line I'll send you you out some books some DVDs I think you'll really enjoy them share them with your friends and everyone we are coming up on a break we don't want you to go away we'll have more to every man and answer coming up right after this if you are 65 or older you know this. Watching your hard-earned dollars fly out the window on healthcare costs is so frustrating. But here's some great news. If you miss the December 7th deadline for open enrollment, it's not too late. Here's something that can really help. It's MediShare 65+. Plus. MediShare is a community of Christians who share each other's healthcare bills. It's people who encourage and pray for each other, too. MediShare 65 Plus is a low-cost option for those with Medicare Parts A and B. And it fills in the gaps where Medicare stops. It's a great way to fight inflation, too. You can lock in one low monthly price for up to 10 years. 
Plus, it's easy. You can use any Medicare-approved doctor or get 24-7 telehealth access from the comfort of your home. So worth looking into. MediShare 65 Plus is open for enrollment. And if you join right now, before January 31st, your second month will be free. So don't miss this chance. Call 833-90-SHARE. That's 833-90-SHARE. 833-90-SHARE. Tragically, every minute, unborn babies' futures are sucked out of existence. But amid the darkness, there is a light that shines. Preborn introduces mothers considering abortion to their unborn babies through ultrasound. Once she hears that heartbeat and sees a precious life, the majority of the time, she will choose life. When I got to hear how strong her heartbeat was, I was like, I felt like she was supposed to be here. And it didn't matter what anybody else told me. And all that mattered was that I was was blessed with the ability to carry life inside of my body and that baby was supposed to be here for something and that was all that mattered. Preborn equips centers nationwide to save babies lives and souls and has rescued over 200,000 babies lives through ultrasound. To learn more about the life-saving work of Preborn call 855-668-BABY that's 855-668-BABY or visit preborn.com that's preborn.com all gifts are tax deductible. Your love can save a life. And we want to welcome you back to part two of Trevor Minute Answer here on this Thursday afternoon with Daryl Skinner. I'm your host, Mike Kessler, and we're going to go right back to the phones. We have Ann on the line in Gooding, Idaho. Hi, welcome. Hi, Ann. Hi. How may we help? Um, it's about my sister, and she's supposed to leave the guy she was living with, and the day she planned to leave, because she had was renting a room, she said she heard a voice telling her to to not leave Breck. And she said, Lord, is that you? And he said, yes, don't leave him. And she says, is this a test? And he said, no, you were willing to give Breck to me. Now don't leave him. <clears throat> and she said her depression left right away. And she said, do you remember I told God if he wanted me to leave Breck, he'd have to take him. <clears throat> Ever since then, I felt confused and depressed. Now it's gone. I believe God knows. I was willing all the way till today. She says, you might not believe it, but I know in my heart what happened. She compares it to Abraham and his son. Well, there's, that's not a fair comparison. Because first of all, um, that was part of worship, the Bible says, that me and my son will go worship. That's very clear in the Bible. But living with somebody is in violation of Scripture. In fact, we remember Jesus, the woman at the well. He says, of a truth, you've had five husbands, and the man you're living with is not your own. Then we also remember the Bible tells us all the way through that those that live in a moral life, 1 Corinthians chapter 6. Your thoughts, Daryl? Yeah, and uh, Galatians chapter 5 talks about us being the lust of the flesh, and they that practice adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lewdness, idolatry, sorcery, hatred, contentions, jealousies, outbursts of wrath, selfish ambitions, dissensions, heresies, envy, murders, drunkenness, revelries, and the like of which I tell you beforehand, just as I 
I told you in time past that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. So if if she it's her boyfriend, they're shacking up together, if you will. Uh, it's not right. And I don't, you know, he's, I'm assuming not born again. I don't know, but I'm, either way, it's wrong. But the Bible says not to be unequally yoked with a non-believer. So we can't follow the voices in our head. We can't follow our heart. The Bible says our heart is desperately wicked, deceitful above all things. Who can know it? I, the Lord, search the heart. So what do we do? We follow the truth of God's word. When God's word speaks it, we follow it, we obey it, and those are the facts. And uh, that's when we'll have a very blessed life. Uh, but, you know, when you talk about people's depression, usually we have a depression because we're living in sin or being disobedient to the Lord, or we just then harden our hearts against God and we say, who cares anymore? I'm just going to do my own thing. And thus, uh, you feel good about it. And and I, I heard a voice in my head, so I'm okay. No, how do I? <laughs> sounds like the voice of the enemy, not the voice of God, because the voice of God tells us differently. Mike, I'll give it back to you. Yeah, God's not going to tell you something opposite to his word. And I believe this is a real important thing that we have to we have to remember. Uh, and and so um, we're, we're not going to fulfill. See, one of the things we have to remember is just because we hear a voice doesn't mean it was from God. Uh, the Bible is very clearly says Satan is the father of all lies. If he's got to say, oh, yeah, I'm God. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, stay shacked up. I, I'm into drugs. I want to keep doing drugs. Yeah, go ahead. I'm God. Go ahead. That's fine. No, 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 no. We, we got to go by what the Word of God says. And the Bible tells us this. Uh, Paul says, even if an angel of light comes preaching another gospel to you, don't listen to him. Uh, we, we've got to be very careful because, again, um, uh, voices that we hear, it doesn't matter. And, well, I, I just feel that it's okay right now, man. Like, it's totally groovy, you know? Like, I feel that it's okay. Our feelings are not not the standard. The Bible is. And so we have to go back to what does the Word of God say. And I, I would just encourage you, dear, to encourage her to get out of the relationship because it ain't doing her any good. And um, it's a broken record over and over again. And, and uh, the whole reason she was contemplating on leaving him in the first place shows her something wrong in the relationship. So, again, and because she hears a voice, never mind what the Bible says. The Bible says it's wrong, but because I hear a voice and I feel that this is okay and I, I feel so much better, well, a lot of people feel really good after they're fixed, but it doesn't mean that they, but it's good for you or it's of God. So, again, we have become a, a, a world and a generation that does not go by, as Jesus said, every word that proceeds from the mouth of God, but now we're going by feelings universally. Well, I feel like I'm a girl today, so I'll go in the girl's bathroom. But tomorrow I feel like I'll be a boy, and so I'll go into the boy's bathroom. I feel that getting loaded in stone isn't all that wrong. Do you see what I mean? We're going by feelings. There's no absolutes. This is why people said, what is truth? Well, the, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. You violate what the Bible says, pay the consequences. I, I, I use this illustration Sunday morning, Daryl, but people say, well, I believe the Bible was just written by a bunch of really crafty men. They got together in a back room, and they wrote the Bible. Okay. 
violate what the Word of God says and see what happens to your life. See what happens to your peace. See what happens to you. And that big aching question, if there is life hereafter, where will I be? See, these are all things, but, well, I feel that it's okay. This is the danger, dear. I hope that answers it for you. You know, Mike, one last, one last thing for our dear sister Anne. You look at the temptation of Jesus in Matthew chapter 4, and the Satan, Satan came to him three times, the devil came to him three times and delivered some lies to him. One was a, kind of like a half-truth, half-lie. And every time the Lord responded with what? It is written, it is written, it is written. And he quoted the Old Testament there, most of it in Deuteronomy. And uh, so he's given us an example of how to combat the lies of the devil that come into our heads and try to tempt us to live a wrong life. And that's why as we share the scriptures like this, we want people to live the right life because if you don't, one, you, you're you going to hurt yourself. You're probably going to hurt others. And the blessings of God will not be upon that individual's life. And nobody wants that. So we share with you these truths from God's word, Mike. Amen. Hope that helps. It helps. Um, it helps. Um, and I will continue to talk to her because I believe all the months and months before of her stressing and crying to get out um, of it to get out of it yeah 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 no 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 yeah she that was i believe that was the lord moving on her to get out and and to stay in an unmarried relationship that that ain't the voice of god guaranteed god wouldn't tell somebody to go contrary to his word so again thank you God bless you, dear. If you need anything, please let us know. Stay in line. We'll send you out some books, DVDs, a little book called Time to Grow. Might be very helpful in this situation, as well as the movie Jesus. Happy New Year to you. Love you guys. Bye. Blessings. Let's go to Connie, Bakersfield, California. Hi, welcome. Hi. How may we Hi, Pastor Montero. Um Aloha. Yeah, I have a, a question. Um, our family uh, goes to Calvary Chapel, Palmdale, and... Um, my granddaughter is engaged to uh, a young man whose family has always attended Pentecostal. And he uh, recently, well, he's going to graduate from the Oral Roberts University in Oklahoma. I believe that's where it's at. Mm-hmm. And his teaching is not comparable to Calvary Chapel's uh, Chuck Smith and all everything <laughs> that Calvary Chapel um, goes by the word. And She's, they're engaged to be married, and she is struggling with, because the Bible says she has to follow her husband. So that's a question I have for her and for us, just to be clear. We we live by the counsel, the full counsel of God. And um, what do you say, Pastor? It sounds like there's problems, because, again, I heard it said one time, there's not a single problem in a divorce that wasn't evident in the courtship. I think that's really important to listen to. Because again, how can two walk together unless they're in agreement, the Bible says. And if you have a different understanding of Scripture right off the line, you're going to have other issues. Now, the Bible's clear about women pastors. It isn't that women, God doesn't love women serving in the church. Absolutely. And I, I, I thank God for every woman that serves in this church. Um but as far as the senior pastor of a church, the Bible is very clear. You don't find any women priestesses 
serving in serving Yahweh in the Old Testament, and you don't find any in the New Testament. So it's very clear from exegeting from Scripture that this is not a normal practice. Well, they misquote a verse. Well, neither bond nor free, male or female, Greek or, he, or, Greek or Hebrew, whatever. Uh, that is not what that's talking about. It, it's one salvation for all of us. But the roles in the church have never changed. It's all the way through the Bible. And Paul writing to Timothy says that he would not permit a woman to usurp the authority of a man teaching over him. Now, he said, because it was Eve that was beguiled by Satan. Adam willfully chose to rebel against God, but Eve was fooled. And there's a big problem in that. And so it's not a cultural issue. Well, that was just the Hebrew-Greek culture at the time. No, he cites the failure going clear back to the very beginning of Adam and Eve. So this is why we know that this is not. And again, if it, but, you know, then we find, you know, well, people say, well, what about Deborah in the Old Testament? Well, if you read carefully, Deborah was not a priest. She was a governor. Um, we have governor, women governors today. Doesn't mean they had a priestly role. It just simply meant that because the man wouldn't do it, she did. But as far as women being pastors of churches, the Bible is very clear on that. I don't think there's any 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 wiggle room at all. You don't find it anywhere exemplified in any of the Bible. Your thoughts? Well, I, I just think it's important that as a husband and wife-to-be, if you will, that you're in agreement when it comes to sound biblical doctrine. I think that's vitally important because you're going to have children. Now what are you going to teach them? Yes. Uh, that which is a sound doctrine and that which is not a sound doctrine. So these are all issues. And I, I always encourage people, if there's some issues going on, just wait, pray, see what God has. But uh, you know, don't get married just because you want to get married. Uh, that's not the way to do it. Uh, you want to know that uh, you have this uh, good chemistry together, as well as most importantly, you're spiritually united in the Word of God, uh, because ultimately you're going to have a family, and you're going to what are you going to teach your kids? So uh, it's important. God knows who's best for your daughter, and He'll show her the way. And uh, or this man may change his teachings, his doctrines. Who knows? Uh, but uh, it's I'd say give it some time. Let the Lord lead and uh, just wait and see. Mike? Yeah, time is uh, the great revealer of secrets, and I certainly wouldn't jump into anything, especially when there is this that is so obvious. Well, uh, somehow it'll just be magically and just go away. No, they don't do that. They just don't. Uh, And again, uh, what causes divorces is evident in the courtship. And again, you've got some issues here that I think— she really needs to consider, and I certainly wouldn't get married to anyone uh, uh, that was unevenly yoked. Now, unevenly yoked doesn't just, well, I'm a Christian, you're a Christian, let's get married. No, it's how you perceive Scripture. It's how you see Scripture. Remember, Paul wrote a lot of letters to a lot of Christians. The Corinthian church, uh, the churches scattered throughout the area of Galatia, all these different. There's a lot of Christians in the Bible, but some of them were doing some really kooky stuff. That doesn't mean, well, I'm a Christian, you're a Christian, hey, we can get married. No, it means that you've got to find somebody that is equally yoked with you. In other words, you see it eye to eye, because again, life is hard enough 
without being able to sit there and argue over the Bible. And and so, you know, like I say, um, she's going to have a lot of a uh, lot of um, uphill battle, Connie. And it's not worth it. Hope that helps. Yeah, you know the thing about um, the unequally yoked, though, where it was brought up that um, the definition for that is an unbeliever. That he is a believer, so I. You no, know, I, no, I don't believe that. I, I, I believe that you've got to be very careful um, uh, with with that. Um, being unequally yoked uh, is is. Um, well, I mean, I mean, you, you've got so many people believing so many different things now, calling themselves Christians. Now, I'm not. I'm not the judge. I'm not saying this guy's not a Christian. But there's obvious doctrinal issues here that are going to be a problem later on in the marriage, if not right right now. Like you said, Daryl, when kids come along, this is going to be an issue. When it comes to uh, your missionary work or whatever you do for God, this is going to be an issue. So I really believe that you've got to have, you, you've, you can't be unequally yoked. And uh, again, um. Uh, you wouldn't put a young calf with an with a with an an older oxen any more than you'd put an oxen with a horse. They're both calves. They're both they're both oxen as an example. But they're but they they don't they don't function the same way. You'll never plow a straight line. So I think we have to really look. But the Bible absolutely says unless two are in agreement, they cannot walk together. That's where I would go. I hope that helps. Fine. Thank you so much. Yes. Connie, God bless you. If you need us, God we're here you. for you. Stay in line. We'll send you out some books, some DVDs. Let's go to Susan in Massachusetts. Hi, welcome. Hello. How are you? Good. How may we help? Good. I'm uh, just checking to see. I'm wondering if there is a character or person by the name of Lilith in the Bible. I'm told that she was the first wife of Adam. Absolutely not. In fact, the word Eve means the mother of all living. So by Eve's very nature of her name says she was the mother of all living. So the idea of Lilith, now that's in uh, in uh, crazy uh, uh, fiction folklore. So uh, your thoughts? Yeah, it's, it's kind of popular amongst the radical feminist movements. Uh, they try to create this Lilith who's rebellious against Adam, and thus she was gone, and then Eve was made and brought to Adam. It's 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 mythology. There's no uh, there's absolutely zero in the Bible regarding a Lilith. It's false and it's it's a it's a fraud, uh, and it's it's just it's just a myth. Uh, it's mythology is what it is. And and the Bible is very clear that God made Eve from the rib side of Adam that He would love her and protect her and and nurture her and so forth. And uh, and that's and and then He brings them together to be one. Uh, and that's God's great design for marriage. But there is no Lilith. There is Adam was created, and then of course we see the animals, and then of course we see Eve then created, and they come together uh, as one. And, and let no man put asunder. The Bible declares, Mike. Yeah, it's interesting that it's the name of an ancient demon, and um, so uh, yeah, you just got to be real careful with stuff that floats around like that, dear, because again. Um, you know, it's uh, it's not in the Bible anywhere. Hope that helps. It does, and I read it um, out loud to a class today or yesterday, 
And I said, you know, I'm not sure if that's in the Bible, but I didn't expound on that because I'm a public school teacher and you really can't go there. But I just dropped that and um, kind of left. Yeah, <laughs> but, it's uh, it, was, uh, Jewish. Was that? Go, go ahead. ahead. No, was that asked by one of your students or was that part of your curriculum or? It was, it was part of the reading. We're doing a sto- um, study on Dracula. Okay, <laughs> that's quite a, that's quite a, quite a connection. Yeah, <laughs> that's that's our typical secular schools. Unfortunately, we wish they had the word of God going for us. So they could get some truth and love and peace, joy instead of uh, sucking the, someone's neck. But anyway, yeah, there you that's go. That's how it goes. Lilith, uh, female demonic figure of Jewish folklore. Hope that helps. Stay in line. We'll send you out some books and DVDs. I think you'll enjoy. Okay. Okay, great. Thank you so much. Susan, if you need us, call us. We're here for you. Happy New Year. And uh, we'll get those out to you. Let's go to Daniel, Monterey, California. Hi, welcome. Hi, thank you. Thank you, Pastors, for taking my call. Um, I had I had uh, a two-part question, if I may. Yeah. Um, my, my, my first question is, um, so it's my understanding, so uh, when, when you ask the, the, when you ask the Lord to forgive you your sins, um, um, it's supposedly forgiven, right? It's not remembered anymore? That's what the Bible says. Um, so, uh, yeah, a couple of weeks ago I was in, I was in service and I heard a preacher, uh, the pastor preach on, um, sometimes the Lord will expose your sin or expose, uh, what you're doing, not, not to humiliate you or hurt you, but I guess to, um, you know, help, help you out. And, uh, I guess he'll expose you to certain individuals. Uh, um, if that's true, um, I, I just thought, uh, he remembers your sin no more. Your thoughts. Well, here's the deal. When you are saved, your sins are completely washed away. Now, that doesn't mean that we don't reap what we've sown in the past, meaning uh, if you robbed the bank and they find you on the camera, but you've now you received Christ, uh, you're going to have to pay the price for that, uh, for that robbery, right? The police are going to knock on your door. They take you away. But my sins are forgotten by God. How could this happen? No, it, it's just... There's a certain reaping that we have with our sins, but we are forgiven. In other words, they, though your sins be as scarlet, the Bible says, I'll make them as white as snow. I'll take your sins and cast them far to the east as to the west, and I remember them no more. Therefore, there's now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus, our Lord, who walk according to the Spirit, not according to the flesh. Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God. So all that is our salvation. In God and the way God looks upon us, we're found in the righteousness of Christ. But if we still have things that are going to be repercussions from our sins in this world of which we lived and we committed, that is just part of our doing the right thing now. Like Zacchaeus, uh, Jesus came to his house. He was a tax, tax collector. And he says, he turns to the Lord and says, Lord, that which I've taken to people, I'm going to restore fourfold. Now, his sins would be forgiven. But he, but there's this restoration he wants to give back to the people that he ripped off, which is a great heart because that shows you that he loves God. He wants to follow the ways of God. He wants to rectify his wrongdoings, and that's a good thing, and that's the work of the Spirit of God. We call that sanctification. Mike, I'll give it back to you. Amen. Hope that hope that helps. Uh, yes. Um, also, can I ask uh, one more question? Sure. Um, so um, I was reading in the book in the book of Daniel. Um, I think it's in the first chapter when uh, Daniel uh, they're they're taken captive and uh, uh, the, he asked the uh, the guard that was over him. Um, I guess uh, he uh, they're trying to feed him what the king was offering, like choice food and stuff like that. 
And Daniel said, well, um, can you put us to the test for 10 days and, uh, 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 and, and we'll um, look at our appearance? Uh, my, my question is, also in the book of Revelation, uh, the Lord is uh, telling the church, uh, um, uh, the, the, the enemy will throw you in prison to test you for 10 days. You will you'll suffer per- persecution. I just want to know, what, what is it about that 10 days and testing it? Uh, what, what can I get from that? and apply it to my life today. Like, um, if I feel if I'm being tested, um, will 10 days have, uh, anything to do with, with me or can, can I take anything from that? Well, Daniel, we need to be careful of what's called numerology. However, in the Bible, we do find 10 is the number of testing. You have the 10 commandments. Um, you, just as you've already mentioned, you have, uh, uh, other, uh, illustrations through the Bible, your thoughts. Well, yeah, and, and and here we have we always maintain context. Yeah, context is so vitally important. So we have to look at the context what Daniel was going through. That they were not going to eat the unclean food. Uh, let us eat the the food that's best for us Jewish people. If we have to fast, we'll fast, and so forth, and and we'll be healthy. I promise that. And then we get to the the testing of the other uh, with the other one in the ch- churches of the Book of Revelation. It's a whole other issue of their testing. So we, we can't just say, I see the number 10, I see the number 10, I connect the dots. Um, uh, everything has to be held in context so we have a clear understanding of what the, what's being said in the chapter, in the book itself, and the, the address is in context with the Word of God for, for the churches of the book of Revelation as well as for in Daniel's situation, Mike. Amen. So I hope that helps. It really does. Thank you, Pastor Francis, for my questions. I really appreciate it. Daniel, God we're here for friend. you. Whenever you got a question, you call us. I'll send you out some books, some DVDs, the movie Jesus, and Happy New Year to you, okay? Happy New Year as well. Thank you. God bless you. If you need us, we're here for you. Let's go to Jimmy, Fort Worth, Texas. All right, last minute. Yeah, we got one minute. We have one minute. So. We have one minute, real quick. Uh, in the Matthew chapter 5, the Beatitudes, Yes. Uh, it says, in the, the New Living Translation, it has God blesses those who are poor. God blesses those. Is that also accurate as well as blessed are the poor in spirit, blessed are those who mourn? Uh, are both of those accurate? I, I would say so. I think that's a, a, a similarity there. Your thoughts? Yeah, and the beautiful thing is when you look at the word blessed, I, I like what it says in the New King James, blessed are you, and it means happy are you. So when it says God blesses you, well, yes, he'll bless you for having a pure heart and so forth. But he's saying, happy are you if you have a pure heart. Happy are you if you humble yourself. Happy are you if you hunger and thirst for righteousness and so forth. So uh, you're going to be blessed by God and you're going to be happy because you're doing the right things for God and the joy of the Lord will fill you. Mike? Amen. So I hope that helps. Thanks a lot, guys. Stay on sure, if you like. Send you out books, DVDs. I think you'll enjoy it. Use it for evangelism. Happy New Year to you, Jimmy. Uh, Daniel and Paul, the rest, please call us. We'll put you on first thing tomorrow. No waiting. And uh, thank you so much, Daryl, for being on. Thank you. God bless everyone. Look forward to being with uh, with Daryl and his program, A Chosen Generation, in the morning times here on CSN. Remember, keep looking up. Our redemption draws nigh. Know your Bible. Read it every day. God bless you. Good night. To find out more about this ministry or to receive a copy of today's program, please call 1-800-357-4226 or write us to Every Man and Answer, P.O. Box 391, Twin Falls, Idaho, 83303. That toll-free number is 1-800-357-4226. 
Subscribe to the free podcast on iTunes by searching for To Every Man and Answer in the iTunes store or visit us online at csnradio.com slash T-E-M-A. To Every Man and Answer is a production of CSN International, the Christian Satellite Network. The opinions expressed by our guests may or may not be those of CSN International or of this station. 